1: Hey y'all, 7 Rounds in Heaven is back, we're brought to you by Sports Drink. While you're in a frenzy about all the NBA action, we're busy hemming and hawing over NFL holdouts and quarterback controversies. It is I, Rob Paul, aka one of the bag men for Herm Edwards and the boys down in Tempe. And with me as always, is AJ. Notre Dame should have to join a conference to be eligible for the playoff, Marchese.
2: I mean, at least they, they're they not going to get a top six seed. I respect that. But no, I totally agree. If you're, if you're not in a conference, no playoffs for you. We're talking to you, BYU and Liberty.
1: Which they will today, both make the playoffs.
2: We're,
1: today we're going to go through every team in the NFL's win total and tell you why you should take the over or the under. This is a filler episode. Let's do it.
0: Who's gonna ban it all on draft day? Hey, who's gonna wage your future picks away? Hey, who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman the home team? Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds together.
1: Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. AJ, let me tell you something. The future is here, and the future is now, and the future is live audio. You know that. I know that. This podcast is out of date because it's not live. But guess what? If you want to get in on the boom of live audio, head to Locker Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform free to download and to use. Talk to people like AJ, other fans, athletes and insiders in real time it's perfect for watch parties debates post-game breakdowns and reacting to breaking news share your own experiences on the app all you need to do is download the locker room app free in the ios app store create a profile link your twitter and join aj how are uh the 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 nightly locker room uh, NHL playoff talks. Are you upset that the Lightning stole a game from the Islanders by having too many men on the ice?
2: Oh, you know, we're, we're not even there yet. I'm still griping about uh, the CN Tower being lit up in Montreal Canadiens' colors. Uh, we've been talking about that for a couple
1: days in a row now. Yeah, that'll probably take you into the next season, won't it?
2: Yeah, at, at least until August, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Good talk. follow H- is it's not a real thing It's <laughs> locker room um obviously the biggest news this week was uh herm edwards but more <laughs> importantly the new proposed college football playoff format is pretty exciting uh it isn't a for sure yet it's a 90 i would say like 95 percent likely uh put together by the college football playoff committee uh It'll be 12 teams, the sixth highest-ranked conference champs, so obviously the Power Five conferences, and then one G5 school, uh, and then six at-large bids, so the uh, next six highest-ranked programs, essentially. Uh, The top four conference champs will each get a bye, uh, and then teams 5 to 12 play the first round on home field uh, of the higher-ranked team, so we'll get actually... At the schools, we'll get to see big time games, which is pretty exciting. And the quarterfinals and seventy finals will be played in bowl games. And then, as always, the national title at a neutral site. And the earliest this can happen is 2023, and the latest is 2026, assuming everything goes smoothly. Uh, what, what, what's your initial take? You happy? You sad? You excited to see a potential snow playoff game? I'm, I'm a
2: fan of this plan overall. I'm, I mean, I've always been a proponent of, uh, Making the playoffs bigger, um, twelve teams seems good to me. I, I probably wouldn't go bigger than this. Now, I'm ecstatic that we get a guaranteed um, G five slash Power Six program Cha- uh, conference champion in there. Like that, that's awesome. Maybe we get two some years. Maybe we get <laughs> five some years. Uh, but no, like I'm really excited about that. Uh, I'm honestly shocked that that part was kind of included because it it just felt like College Bowl was so ready to tell the the G5 to go fuck itself like they have been. But anyways, uh, I like it a lot. Um, The home field, the first round is going to be really exciting. Um, You know, it's it's – like, yeah, the big bowl games have great atmospheres, but it's not like sometimes literally home games for southern teams. Tired of that. So we finally get some – Equality for uh for the north here, and I can't wait until uh like, so, like Florida's got to play Wisconsin in, in the snow. That's gonna be great.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's nice that the big time New Year's Six bowl games still hold some importance with the quarterfinals and semifinals, but you also get to mix in these, at like actually at the home team stadium. At the, mm-hmm I. It, In noting that we understand, like fundamentally, bulls are pointless and they're just money makers, and they don't deep down don't really mean anything. But as bull guys, I love bull season. To me, March Madness and bull season are my favorite times of the year, Um, and I I don't want to lose them. And yeah, this kind of let like we will lose some because of this. But I I still like like I still want the Rose Bowl to be a thing, you know what I mean? Like the Orange Bowl, those those historic places and still getting, in in theory, it's different now, but still getting the big game at the Rose Bowl. I think that's important. It, it's part of college football tradition, and the pageantry of college football is what makes it, I think, so special and different from other sports. So that this still keeps that a part of it. Yeah. Uh, while kind of bringing it into the modern world of how every other sports major sports league uh works yeah totally and it's it's almost unfair
2: like like a semifinal game say being at alabama it seems yes later even um seems a little strange to me but so I, I definitely think this is a perfect blend um i'm excited to see it i'm really excited
1: and i think the thing with college football is nobody's ever going to be happy Everyone wanted to get rid of the BCS for years, we get the playoff, then everyone's unhappy with the 14 playoff, now we get the 12-team playoff, and there are going to be people that are unhappy with this. There is no perfect solution, this is better than the 14 playoff. The 14 playoff was better than the BCS, um, in in my opinion at least. Uh, And and there are flaws in this, obviously the, the top four conference champs getting buys is kind of interesting when... You might be able to win the Pac-12 and be the tenth ranked team, and like being ahead of the AAC and or let I guess a better example would be more likely like a, a uh, ACC or um, Big Twelve ch- champ being like ranked nine, but also being ahead of the Pac-12 and the AAC, uh, assuming they're the G5 conference uh, most years. And, like, the, that'll get fishy. Notre Dame will never be able to get a bye, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I love but it. But also has, like, the prime easy way to get into the playoff every year. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, when it's top 12, you kind of expect Notre Dame to be in there anyway. So, I can't really complain. Um, and, and it gives us, I mean, it makes, when every year we feel like there's six schools that are truly competing for four spots, now we get the guaranteed Cincinnati or UCF, whoever it is that you're in, which makes a high profile G5 job maybe more interesting than some of those schools like a Nebraska, that is Power Five, is in the Big Ten, it has tradition, but it's never going to be where it was. It, it, it incentivize, incentivize, incentivizes, AJ, incentivizes, there you go, <laughs> uh, coaches. Coaches to stay at top tier G five schools. Like, I saw someone make the point that would if Josh Hupel knew this was happening, would he have left UCF for Tennessee? Like, yeah, he's getting paid more, but UCF is gonna theoretically be able to pay more now that they could be competing for the playoff. Like, there's just so many new factors, and obviously recruiting's a big one too. Um, like for a school like SMU that's in a recruiting hotbed in Dallas. Now that they they can even tell kids that they might be able to play in the playoff, they might be able to keep some some uh, four star talent in the in Texas home at SMU. Uh, with that, I I don't know. I think it's it's so much. It, it's never going to be perfect, and this is still so much better and cooler and, and more interesting than it was. So I, I think anyone who doesn't love this or would rather point out the flaws than the positives would have done that with anything yeah no it, it wouldn't have mattered what they they came up with because this is still like we get eight new teams making the playoff now it makes games more exciting deep like the the battle for that like eight to twelve between like pretty much like most of the top 25 is gonna be crazy no yeah that's that's really true and I don't think the
2: conference championships lose value, really. Um, and, I mean, like, the best thing about college football, every Saturday when we sit down, um, you're cheering for upsets. So, like, if we ever get that 12 winning a national champ, and I know it's a long shot because we don't even see – I mean, sometimes we've seen a four, but, like, usually was, we'll you know, the top two teams are kind of – recently, at least, they've been kind of smoking the the other two, but – The first time we get that twelve upsetting a five, like that's especially if it's a smaller school, that's gonna be really awesome. And I think I think that's what college football is. Especially it's on it's you know like uh, I don't know say say whoever goes into who's gonna be the five like Oregon or whatever in in Austin Stadium and it's just bumping and they they go down like that's that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome like that's that's really cool. So I totally agree with you. And lastly, I'll, I'll say it's this is truly the Power Six now. It's it's really cool that the power six is is a thing now, baby.
1: Uh, I'm just happy we we make it like when there we're, when there's an undefeated G5 school at the end of the season, it matters now. Yeah, yep. And we won't have to take away from kind of their success because they don't actually make a playoff. We, we now get to see what happens. And yeah. even if they don't do anything, like if a 13 no Cincinnati gets blown out, it's still so important that they meet it? Totally. Totally. No, for sure. It's It, it, it
2: makes college football so much more... I don't want to use the word even, but it's, it's definitely on a more even playing field.
1: It just it, it include it, it makes the season more important to a lot more teams. That too, yeah. Than it was, and it makes it a lot more interesting. Like the fact that every once in a while we're gonna have a school like Indiana who really puts it together uh, for for a season or two, and it'll instead of potentially, I mean, missing out on a New Year's Six Bowl and having to play in like the Outback Bowl, which great an Outback Bowl wins, amazing, but. Losing in the first round of the playoff is a lot more interesting for a school like Indiana than winning an Outback Bowl.
2: The first time Rutgers makes the playoffs, uh, it's going to be electric in New Jersey. Two years from now. Two years from now.
1: Oh, th- that Which would be the first year that this is potentially implemented. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, transitioning from something we really love to talk about to something that's just filling time until what? next week when we finally begin our... Uh, summer scouting series with uh, the non-FBS players prospects. Uh, we're doing an doing NFL win totals talk today. What do you think, AJ?
2: This is something I'm truly passionate about. Uh, I I could care less about the college football play playoffs. I really only care about this. Ralph.
1: Um, AJ will be betting each and every one of these.
2: <laughs> I feel like a lot of these, I'm just gonna say,
1: yeah, I don't really like this, but if I had to, cheers. <laughs> That, well, that that is the if we ever have a uh, put out merchandise, that's what it will say on the AJ <laughs> T shirt you can buy. Hey,
2: I will say I went ten and six. I went. I looked it back from last year. I went ten and six with my over unders in the NFC last
1: year. And I went sixteen and zero. No.
2: Impressive! What a year for Rob. <laughs> no one go back and I check. I have
1: to check. I just remembered. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, okay. Reminder: the NFL's expanded to seventeen regular season yeah. games for twenty twenty one. And that's why some of the uh, totals seem higher than they regularly would be. It was
2: hard wrapping my mind around it each time I was looking at a like you know say, say like, for example, the, the cowboys, nine and five. It's like it's like but, like, oh are they going to be a 10 and six? But no, they don't have to be 10 and six anymore. they could be 10 and seven. Like, it was hard for me to wrap, to continue so I had to do it for every team as I
1: went through like, oh yeah, they get an extra game. Yeah, it, it it was messing me up a lot because, again, the all the all the totals are slightly higher than they regularly would mm-hmm. be, and it took me a minute to adjust. And then trying to wrap yeah wrap my head around the idea of an eleven and seven or eleven and six Buffalo Bills team that got me confused. That's yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I
2: uh, I still don't like the schedule expanding.
1: All right, all the totals we're doing are brought to you by Bet Online, who. I don't think currently sponsors us, but did at a time. And hey, once you ride with us once, you ride for us for life. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll start with the AFC East uh, and uh, the Buffalo Bills, and and, and they're set at uh, uh, eleven. I'm gonna take the over. I'm thinking, I, God, I'm gonna say this wrong every time. Twelve and five, a twelve and five Buffalo Bills team seems realistic based on the the continuity in the staff returning, Josh Allen coming off a close-to-MVP-type season, Mm -hmm. that wide receiver group being essentially intact, obviously they lose John Brown, but he he wasn't much of a factor last year. Um, They've put more uh, into building that offensive line. The defense should just fundamentally be better because of how they've invested in it. Uh, they they took two edge rushers with their first two picks. Um, I, I just think overall, getting to twelve wins, especially in the the AFC, where I don't feel totally strongly about anyone outside of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I think the Bills are the clear second best team in the AFC right now. Yeah,
2: I agree. And uh, they went thirteen and three last year, so uh, a two or three game regression with the extra game, that's going to, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep having to say that. Um, it, it just doesn't seem likely. And I know like Vegas has to put the number there. Cause what, you can't really put it at 13, you know no. what I mean? So look, as it always is, the, the purpose of any line is to get equal action on both sides. Right.
1: But I, for, for context, hey, for, for context, it's the third highest total in the NFL um, behind the, the Chiefs that are at twelve and a half, and the Bucks at eleven and a half.
2: Yeah, and I mean that makes sense. They were they were the third best yep. team in the NFL last year.
1: Yep. Uh, jumping to the Dolphins, set at nine, so mm-hmm. nine and eight. Uh, I'm taking the under. I think it's reasonable to assume there will be bumps in the road with Tua. Mm-hmm. That that run game. I know running backs are irrelevant, but it's still, there's no solidified running back in that backfield. Um, Obviously, they they invested more playmakers, and I don't think they're going to be bad by any stretch. I just think that in a division where you have to assume the Jets will be better, because I I can't fathom them being worse, Um, and the Patriots are at least going to be stronger on defense i think you look at the dolphins and they still have some young pieces on the offensive line there's just a lot i think there's gonna be bumps in the road early and they're gonna finish strong and i think eight and nine is more realistic than 10 and uh 10 and seven um i mean the push is definitely mm-hmm. worth considering here um, and, and I think I think they're just one year away from really competing for a wild card spot. Truly, yeah, I think under, that's uh, the, under Tua's guidance.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Where it's like it's not like they're taking a step back. It's just um, just the way this year goes. I will say that they got an easy schedule. Um, I, I think this is a, a genuinely a tough one because on paper they shouldn't regress, but I, I can definitely see your line of thinking where. You know, it takes maybe it takes two uh, a little time to come on. He just threw five picks in practice. Uh, he's probably a buzz. No, I'm just kidding. Like, the, but I can see it, You know, hey, he
1: threw six touchdowns today, and no one reported on that. AJ. <laughs>
2: um, maybe he does that. Maybe he's going to do that in the season. Five picks in one game, and then six touchdowns in the next game. That'd be, that'd be, that's J- Jameis Winston numbers. Um, yeah. No, I think I think that's fair. I think that's a tough line, though. I, I would not touch that one.
1: Uh, yeah, no, I th- I think of all the um, the teams I looked at, that was one of the ones I struggled with the most because I don't like. I think ultimately they got better. It's just going to take some time, um, for Tua and that offense to truly click. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like their their team a lot, and I think they're t- definitely treading in the right direction. I just think it's another year away. Uh jump into the Patriots set at nine and a half, Ooh. which I thought. Uh, among the AFC was kind of the most, huh, I huh. guess seems to be in on them. Um, I believe be- be- Because obviously seven teams make the playoffs now, right? Um, so if you look at it from the perspective of the, the seven teams with the highest totals, you get the Chiefs uh, as the top dog, the Bills coming in uh, at number two, the Ravens and the Browns, uh, both at 10.5 piece, The Colts at 10. And then you have the Titans and the Patriots. So Vegas thinks the Patriots are a playoff team based solely on win totals. Do you think the Patriots uh, are a playoff team? No, and I'm taking the under the 9.5 uh, because option one, Cam Newton. I just can't see Cam staying healthy. Yeah, I was all in on him early last year. I love Cam Newton. But the injuries are catching up, and he just he takes so many hits, and I just can't imagine that he'll stay healthy all year. And option two being Mac Jones, I'm not a Mac believer to the point like I don't think Mac Jones is going to be a bad quarterback, but I think he's ceilings Kirk Cousins, and I don't think he's leading the Patriots to the playoffs as a rookie. Most um, pro
2: ready quarterback in the draft drop. <laughs>
1: And that that wide receiver room is like stitched together with <laughs> yeah. weird free agent signings and there's reports to Keel Harry's gonna be cut. And I know I know they invest in the tight end position in John Smith, uh and Hunter Henry, but like I, I I just to me it's strange that their win total is higher than the Dolphins. Agreed. Um I know that they've they've got guys uh they they spent in free agency They've got guys coming back off opt-out, uh, specifically Don- Dante H- uh, Hightower. Um, but I just, like, like Bill Belichick's going to have to really be in his bag, in my opinion, for them to make the playoffs this year.
2: No, I, I agree with you. Um, I I don't know who's actually putting money on that uh, unless you're outside of – like, if you're outside the Boston area, I don't know who's going to put money on that. Like, it's on the over specifically. I, I just – that's such a weird line to me. I think like if you if you drop it down uh, a, a game, then it gets a lot more
1: interesting. But the, but that nine and a half, I I also take the under all day. Uh, and then finally, I got the Jets. We got them at six. They brought in Robert Sala as head coach. They drafted Z Will as their quarterback. Uh, it's a totally different team. Um, obviously, we've got all the Elijah Moore. I think a few rookies are being hyped through uh, through the summer as much as Elijah Moore. This team, at bare minimum, is going to be much more exciting to watch, even if they aren't winning games. I'm going to take the push on the six. <laughs> That'd be a six, six and eleven record. I think it is feasible because I think this coaching staff is all is one of the most interesting that's been put together uh, for a first year head coach in a while. They've got a cornerstone player in Quinn Williams up front on that D line. Um, corner is a big question. Uh, and obviously, offensive lines the big question. it's either gonna crash and burn quick behind z will or I think they're, they're just gonna be a pleasant surprise and I, I still i don't see them winning more than six i think I think it's the push or the under, but i, I I'm gonna take that that push <laughs>
2: I, I know there's no actual lines for the push, but i I wonder what it, they would actually
1: pay if if you could bet it uh if you I will pay anyone. <laughs> Who places a bet personally with me? Thousands if the Jets hit that push, <laughs> plus thousands. <laughs> if the Jets push, okay. Yes.
2: Uh, no, I think that's fair. See, it bugs me that I feel like some of these lines shouldn't be round. Like they, they should be.
1: I half. don't like round number. Yeah, it should always be half. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. But because I, I wanted to pick some push, and I'm like, uh, I don't know if I should, but I guess I will. Um, no, I feel I kind of feel the same way about the Jets. They're it, they're, they're a team that you want to say are going to be scrappy this year, but, like, six games is a lot. So, like, I, I totally agree that, like, that's their ceiling. But I, I think they can get there.
1: Uh, Moving to the NFC East where AJ's got everyone hitting the over?
2: Yeah. The best division in football. We are watching them on primetime every week. No. Let's start with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Their total is 9.5, which coincidentally uh, was the same as last year. They went six and ten last year. We know why they did because uh, <laughs> Dak got hurt. Um, and I I can't believe I'm doing it, but I, I I'm taking the overnight and a half. Like to me, ten and seven seems attainable with a healthy Dak and yep. with a bad di- uh, division. Like Mike McCarthy stinks. He does. I don't like him. That defense is still super suspect. But it can't be worse than last year. They still won six games with that sh- shitty defense. And it's again, you get the extra game, so it's only like a really uh, like a, a three, three game jump, kind of. And again, healthy Dak, second easiest schedule in the league. I think that plays into this
1: big. That sounds really reasonable to me that they could be ten and seven. I'm I'm with you. I would also take the over. I mean, as long as Dak's healthy, they have the playmakers to pretty much compete. You would think with the vast majority of NFC teams, yeah. Um, the defense is. A total unknown uh, with Dan Quinn taking over, and then O line obviously has to stay healthy. But like on paper, they're to me overwhelmingly the favorite for the NFC East.
2: Yeah, and I was gonna, I was thinking before the show: is there any division with a greater disparity between how much you believe in the top quarterback to the second quarterback?
1: Well, who who is the second quarterback in your I, eyes? I knew you were going to ask eyes. that, and I don't know. It's Fitz.
2: It's Fitz. Yeah, it's I guess. Fitz. Like in the AFC East, AFC I mean Josh Allen to the to the next guy is a big jump too.
1: Although the NFC East just has the best collection of um, backup quarterbacks. Oh, they always do. They always have. They always have. They know what to do. Jerry Jerry's uh, running the whole division. Um, uh, okay, jump into your Giants.
2: Yeah, to the New York Giants, baby. Uh, this is one I kind of considered a push. They're total seven. They went six and ten last year. Uh, the team is better on paper. We know that they went out and added in the off season. Uh, Kadir's Tony suspects <laughs> start to camp, but they didn't even need him. They, they signed Kenny Galladay. It, but it all lies on Daniel Jones and I'm not sold on Daniel Jones. Um, it also depends on how you feel about Joe judge. I, I know there's a lot of Joe judge fans. Kinda. I'm also not sold on him. Um, another team, the whole NFC has really soft schedules. Um, so could they just win one more game, and, and go seven and ten? Yeah, they could. I'm considering the push, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna audible. I, I'm gonna take the under. It's just the Giants. I don't, try, I can't trust them.
1: I, I, I'm with you in taking the under. I think that this is uh, the year we confirm Daniel Jones isn't the answer for the Giants. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know the the whole everything. They've got everything they need around him for uh, weapons wise to succeed. Yeah, but the offensive line still has too many questions. Um, The like the the defensively on paper they're interesting, but every every thought I have comes back to Daniel Jones, the offensive line, and I don't know seven seems like a lot in a division where I think they're the third best.
2: Yeah, exactly. that. I I think seven like they is could their easily ceiling. be the fourth they could they could I think seven wins is their ceiling and yeah. if they have a seven and a half I feel really good with the under um like I think they're gonna be a scrappy six six and eleven team and um, they're gonna be in it every week and then Daniel Jones is gonna fumble as he always does uh okay we'll, we'll move move down the Jersey Turnpike to Philadelphia. Their total six and a half. Um, they went four eleven and one. Obviously, they completely fell apart last year. But do we really think the Eagles are going to be two or three games better this year? I think six, I think like the Giants, uh, their theirs is there the the ceiling for them is kind of six. I think the Giants are the third best team in the division. I think the Eagles are probably the fourth, close between the two. Though it could go back and forth, but I think six ones is kind of the, the ceiling there in Philly. I mean, yeah, sure, Jalen Hurts could come out and hit big. But he's still a question mark. Um, Nick Sirianni could be a smashing success. They have the easiest schedule in the league, but I don't. I just don't think it clicks this year. I think they go six and eleven. I and I think that's mm-hmm. a, a solid first year for Nick Sirianni, who I don't have that much faith in. And it's just mm-hmm. hard for me to to put money on the line, saying they're they're going to win three more games than they did last year, two and a half, whatever the hell it is. Um, it just I just can't buy that.
1: Yeah, mar- marrying this completely unknown staff, yeah. to such an unproven quarterback in Jalen Hurts, to me, it, It's hard to justify taking the over six and a half. Yeah, um, and, and there's still plenty of questions on that defense, uh, in the in the back seven more specifically. Yep. Um like for this to to hit the over, I think it would all come down to trench play. Because they have invested sure. in the trenches and, and uh, but health has been a big issue uh, on both sides there. so yeah, I'll definitely,
2: definitely. And lastly but definitely not least, the Washington football team, uh, their totals eight and a half and they went seven and nine last year. And I think they break 500 and I, I'm gonna take the over. By the way, I really hate that 500 doesn't exist anywhere. That just really rubs me the wrong way. But I know it's the it's the worst. <laughs> anyways, so I don't. I, let's not gonna start with that. Um, <laughs> don't worry, we'll have an 18th game soon enough. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Uh, but yeah, with that defense, we know it's 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 loaded. It's gonna be humming. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than what they rolled out at quarterback last year. Um, I think they can get ni- nine and eight. I think nine and eight is very achievable for this for this Washington team.
1: I am with you. I, I, I mean, defensively, we've talked about our, our belief that Jamin Davis is mm-hmm. a, a prime defensive rookie year candidate. That D line is the best in the league. The the back end, they bring in William Jackson. They've got Kendall Fuller in place. They they um they have multiple safeties you can trust. Uh, Jump into the offense. The O line is kind of a question, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But it, like, you're you're expecting Antonio Gibson to level up. You've got uh, Terry McLaurin, some actual guys you can trust around him, and Curtis Samuel. Adam Humphreys is a safety net, uh, and you draft Amy Brown. Like, there's the wide receiver core has gotten so much better. Logan Thomas should be a pro bowler. <laughs> there's been a um, lot of... As long as... Go ahead, yeah. As long as Fitz doesn't just chuck INTs, and I, <laughs> I, I, I trust Fitz. Again, I think he's the second best quarterback in this division. Like... Nine seems reasonable. There's been uh,
2: multiple teams with not as good defenses and worse offenses who finished like nine and seven. You know, yeah. I mean, so nine and eight made the
1: playoffs last year.
2: Even easier, yeah. Exactly, they made the playoffs. Seven and nine, and and again, uh, tougher schedule than the rest of the division, but they get to play the rest of the division. So,
1: okay, moving to my AFC North, where we've got the Baltimore Ravens at ten and a half. And I'm taking the under. I knew you were. Um, for a couple of reasons, they haven't proven that Greg Roman is capable of opening up this offense yet. Mm-hmm. I need to see it to believe it. I I believe in Lamar Jackson, but they've they've struggled. I know they bring in Rashad Bateman, who we love, but like Hollywood Brown hasn't shown enough yet. Uh, are the, is Sammy Watkins the number two wide receiver? Can we rely on that? And, and when I say number two wide receiver, I mean after Mark Andrews. <laughs> um, the offensive line, they trade Orlando Brown. So they've got some questions, and, and we already knew they had questions of the interior line. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they kind of rely a lot on one of these young slash unproven pass rushers to step up, whether it be uh, away or Bowser. Someone needs to do it. I don't think it's going to be Jalen Ferguson. Um like if Pernell McPhee ends up playing sixty percent of the snaps on the edges here, that's a that feels like a, a problem. Um, obviously, the they're, they're like I still believe, like I think they're a ten and seventeen. Yeah, like I don't think they're vastly under 10 ten and a half. They have one of the best secondaries in the league. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. J.K. Dobbins is ready to be a monster. So I, I just think ten and seven is a realistic bet. Uh, until they prove they can figure out this passing game more consistently.
2: Yeah, and I think this is a huge year for Greg Roman and for Lamar Jackson. And Yes. And not like it's if Lamar has doesn't have an amazing year, it means anything. But I'm just saying, for for the next step for this team, it's a huge year. Because, you know, you're about to... I mean, Harbaugh says the deal's already done, so eventually this, this franchise is going to be on Lamar Jackson's arms, and as he moves on, less so his legs, right? But they really, I mean, there's been lots of talk about them um, opening up this passing game, and I think this is the year that they got to show it. And like you said, they, they drafted Bateman in the first round. Um, the offensive line isn't as good. Um, they they really got to show that this passing game can go out and, and can win games, and can win games. And again, it's not that I don't believe in Lamar Jackson at all. I'm not saying that. I think they're going to make the leap. I think it's going to work. Um, I think they can get to 11 wins. Um, but I totally understand, um, your hesitancy because there are more questions
1: than there usually are in Baltimore. Cincinnati Bengals, this team is set at six and a half. I'm taking the under just purely on Zach Taylor. Mm-hmm. I don't think is the guy. If I were to bet on the first coach to be fired, it would be him if it was at, if he was with almost any other franchise in this situation. Yeah. Agreed. Um, Joe Burrow's coming off the injury. They made uh, obviously they drafted Jamar Chase over Sewell, uh, and I think Jamar Chase is going to be that dude. But that offensive line is still a big, big mystery. Uh, they need a couple guys up front to take a step. They need Joe Mixon to stay healthy. There's a lot of health issues with this team. The pass rush sh- should be much better, and I think it's exciting. Um, but there's still big questions at the linebacker. They uh they don't have. A guy you're really banging the table for at corner. Um, I, I I just yeah six six seems kind of where they're at. Um, especially like are they that much better than the Jets? Like I like the Jets coaching staff a lot more. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong there, but I I I don't know. I just I don't know. I I, I don't trust Zach Taylor to be the guy. Whoever comes in next, I think will win. Yeah, no I, I totally totally get that. I mean
2: I think this year they're better than the Jets, but like uh, I agree with all your hesitancy there and I I have zero faith in Zach Taylor and I'm, when push comes to shove like when you're making bets like this you're you're looking at the coach and you're looking at the quarterback, right? And if those two things don't both check out, it's hard to bet overs.
1: Um talking about coaches and quarterbacks, Kevin Stefanski Turn the Browns around, and and has Baker Mayfield potentially set up for a long term contract? They're also at ten and a half. I am also taking the under here. Um, that defense to me is the big question. Like the uh, obviously Odell's gonna be healthy. They've got the best one two punch uh, at running back in the league. The offensive line totally has been rebuilt. In uh, the Stefanski Kubiak zone run scheme is, is monstrous, and they have got playmakers on offense. Um, there's just a lot up in the air defensively. Other than like other than Miles Garrett and, and Denzel Ward, I don't know that you have guys that are, are you you consider like prime time playmakers. Yeah. Um, they have a young secondary. I love that they signed John Johnson. I think that's gonna be huge. But like how how much can we put on Greg Newsom's plate right away? I love Greg Newsom. I think that was a good pick. I just who knows. There's still outside of Jock, who's a rookie, who I think is clearly your best linebacker, and he's gonna play a snap in the NFL. Again, I still think they're gonna win ten games and be a playoff team for the record. Um, I just think the the under the ten and a half. And and I, I might add that generally when i'm unsure i lean to the under
2: yeah i think i think that's fair um i think that's kind of like i i think they can they can get to the over i definitely think that but i understand that you're like when you're not fully confident you kind of lean to the under i think that's the way it kind of should be um i i i see the questions i i think it comes together i think they get over I, i think if i had to put money on
1: it i'd take the over but not confidently. Uh, finally, my Pittsburgh Steelers, AJ. Coming in at 8.5. Of course I'm taking the over. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because if I take the under, that would mean Mike Tomlin is a losing record for the first time in his career. Whoa. Whoa is right. He had a, a non-losing record behind Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger, I mean, it, it, it's kind of his last gasp. But they theoretically should have a better running game. They, they took Najee Harris. They bring back all the primary pass catchers while adding Pat Farramuth into the mix. The offensive line is a big, big mystery. They're starting, probably starting Chouksa Kofor and Zach Banner at tackle and Kendrick Green at center. That's three new starters. Um, but defensively, I think they're primed to be one of the best in the league once again. Everyone's back. Devin Bush is healthy. Uh, obviously, they lost Bud Dupree last year, and it hurt. But I think Alex Smith is Alex Husband's ready to step in. Um, and on the back end, they need someone to step up at uh, opposite Joe Hayden. That's kind of the the spot I think you would generally pick on if you're an offense, because uh, it might be Justin Lane. But I don't know, nine and eight, nine and eight. The whole division's yeah. going nine and
2: eight. <laughs> I like. I don't see the Steelers falling apart. You know, I, again, this this defense is good enough to to get them to a winning record. Um, yeah, kind of th- their real hopes all lie on what Ben Roethlisberger looks like in probably his last season. Um, it really sucks that the offensive line doesn't look good because that. That is not a good combination of having uh, a, a quarterback in his last year. That's you know, been injured so many times in his career, <laughs> throwing the ball behind a uh, rebuilt suspect offensive line. So, if you're betting the under, I think it's you're just like okay, it's it's over for Ben. But like you said, he's got into nine and seven with Doc. So, I I definitely think I, I don't I don't feel like you can um you can bet against the Steelers going.
1: Going on under this, right? No. If you're smart, you won't move into your NFC North. Uh, speaking of smart
2: teams, the Chicago Bears traded up, drafted Justin Fields. Uh, their total is set at seven and a half. They went eight and eight last year. I think this is a tough number. Um, like, if they went eight and eight last year, they should go at least eight and nine this year with a real quarterback, right? But I couldn't do uh, it.
1: I don't know. They've they refused to let Justin Fields compete for the starting job.
2: Yeah, exactly. I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to take the under. Um, I probably wouldn't touch this at all. Like, if you believe yeah. in the Bears in any way, I guess it's a good number. Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I think Nagy stinks. Um, like you said, it, the confidence is just kind of what you, you, you lie on and – like, seven wins is very attainable for the Bears. Um, they also have, like, the third toughest strength of schedule, which I think plays into this. Uh, I, I think they go seven in in ten, and Nagy
1: gets fired. I think that's a good bet. Um, yeah, it, it, it seems, I mean, who knows if Justin Fields... Uh, in a lot of situations, I would say Justin Fields is starting quickly. Yeah. But with this staff and, like... I feel like it was unreasonable to say Andy Dalton's. Like, why not have them compete? It just seems dumb. Um, but the offensive we, lines we've got seen coaches say lot. that stuff this time of yeah, year I, and just I know, flip on Matt, it. I trust Matt Nagy to make the dumb decisions. <laughs> That's true. Um, the, there's a lot of pressure on Tevin Jenkins. They, they yeah. moved on from both their starting tackles, and it originally looked like Tevin Jenkins was a great plug and play at right tackle. Now he's got all this pressure to be that left tackle. I know left and right is equal in theory but like that just means you've got inexperience at both tackle spots um I it just the defense on paper is awesome and it, it's gonna have to carry them again yeah and unless you stick justin fields in early it just doesn't feel like they're gonna be um doing much and even if you do stick justin fields in early you got that offensive line issue so yeah i think under is the smart bet uh, moving to Detroit, their total set at 5. They went
2: 5-11 and 11 last year. Um, I think they've already proven that they are more competently run already. I think that's that's kind of obvious. Uh, but look at the roster, and they're still a 5-win five, five win team on paper. Um, I'm taking the push, and, and, you know, on top of that, you know, no, no, I'm taking the under. I'm going to take the under because they know I'm at Stafford. So. <laughs> so I think they'll have, like, a better year. Even though they they're not going to get back to five wins, um, in the first year under under Campbell, but I still still couldn't take this over. Um, the schedule's tough for them too. Jerry Goff stinks. I'm changing. I, give me give me the under and give them give me them tanking.
1: <laughs> Everything you said makes sense. I just I'm taking the over because if any team's going to overachieve, it's going to be the one led by Dan Campbell and the staff. Uh, I'm excited for whatever's going to happen here. It. Uh, Again, on paper it's the under, in my head it's the over. See, like
2: you remember when I also the, love
1: the offensive line.
2: Yeah, I love the offensive line too. Um, when we did the coaching hiring show, I was sour on Dan Campbell. I, I probably, I probably he's endeared himself more to me for sure since then, and I like their draft a lot, but it comes down to Jared Goff. Like I don't, I don't believe in Jared Goff. I think, remember, you know, the whole time where he just McVeigh's puppet. I think that was true the whole time. Um,
1: he got worse. Like, I just. Okay, just move on. You don't have to roll this guy, this I hate dead body you into the river, AJ. Why do you hate Jerk off so much? He beat us in the playoffs this year.
2: I mean, fuck, dude. Well, guess what?
1: Maybe Tim Boyle will be starting. Speaking of Tim Boyle, his ex team. Yeah,
2: Green Bay. uh, There's no total for the Green Bay Packers for obvious reasons. The fact that uh, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers will be their starting quarterback. Um, That being said, I would like to hear what you think. I wrote it down as well. What you think their total would look like uh, with and without Aaron Rodgers at the helm.
1: So I put with Rogers eleven and a half, which is the same as Tampa. I think it'd be eleven or eleven and a half, right? Either same as Tampa or same as Buffalo. I put eleven. And and with Okay. And with Jordan Love, I put six and a half, which is the same as Jacksonville and the same as Philadelphia. So I put eleven and I put without at seven
2: and a half. But I wouldn't take the over. I think like it's still right. Green Bay, you know. I think Vegas is still going to give them. Like, like they got to the NFC Championship game last year. Dropping them that low to to the Jags level, I just don't see them doing it. Um, but I, I definitely think that's that's the ballpark for this team. And I mean, and realistically, Aaron Rodgers is is worth what six, seven, eight, nine, ten, five game difference. I think that's realistic. I think that's very realistic. But uh, yeah, I mean. Do we? Uh, do you think Aaron Rodgers is just starting for them week one? Uh, yes, I do. I do too. I think it gets resolved. I think it gets resolved. I mean, look, the Seahawks were in a similar situation, and now uh, Russ is coming to put his arm around Pete Carroll. John Schneider's sneaking in and giving <laughs> the peace sign. I think it gets resolved. It's definitely uglier, but I, I think it. I think if it gets resolved. Uh lastly, in the NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings. The total is eight and a half. They went seven and nine last year. I am going to take the under. Uh, They have the fifth Mm -hmm. toughest schedule. Did they get better this year? No, not really. I still like it's still Kirk Cousins. Like I think they're between a seven win team and a nine win team. But I think more has to go right for them than not to get over that eight and a half. So it's again kind of like that confidence thing where. I just don't have the the, the the trust in Kirk Cousins to, to put money on him uh, having a winning record this year.
1: Really young offensive line that needs to mesh. A first-time play caller in Clint Kubiak. Yeah. Um, also Kirk Cousins being your quarterback. Uh, a very young and inconsistent group of corners. Yeah. Outside of Patrick Peterson, how much does he have left in the tank? There's there's more questions than answers. No, I, eight and a half. I thought it actually seemed high, to me, for them to, for it to be said at that.
2: Yeah, I've seen some like low key Vikings love on Twitter, and like I, go go listen to years past of our of our podcast where I'm always on the Vikings train, and it burns me and burns me and burns me. So like this year, I'm, I think I'm pretty sure I had the over last year, and it was it was around the same thing. And obviously they didn't get there. Um, so I, all the people on Twitter that, that are pumping the Viking train, I'm like. You haven't been on this ride before. They're gonna, they're gonna go. They're gonna win seven games again.
1: Uh, okay, jump into the AFC South, the 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 division to make all divisions, starting with the Houston Texans, uh, whose total set up four, um, <laughs> the lowest in the league. I'm gonna go ahead. and I'm gonna take the under. <laughs> and no disrespect to David Cully. but God, he just feels like he was set up to be a scapegoat in a horrible yeah. situation. Uh, Nick Casario is signing anyone who will take like, a one-year contract <laughs> um I love Tarrah Taylor I don't know if he starts even half the season before i I mean does Jeff Driscoll get a start does Davis Mills get a couple <laughs> probably and they've got all the running backs that you would think are out of the league um Brandon Cook's a thousand year receiver though AJ don't let people forget that. <laughs> um, Is he going to do it this year? Like, what? Yeah. What w- If you're tuning into a Texans game. And I won't be, yeah. What? Who are you most excited to watch? <laughs> like, I think for 99% of the league, you can point to like one, at least one obvious guy. You're like, even yeah. for the bad teams. I mean, obviously, Jacksonville, you're like, I want to see Trevor Lawrence. Well, who's got the second lowest total? Is it the six and a half? No. Um, the Lions at five. But Lions. I want to see Dan Campbell coach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. David Cully, I, I feel like no one knows anything about him. The Jets are at just six. I want to see Zach Wilson. I want to see Robert Sala. The Texans are just like I'm to me, the most exciting guy to watch is Justin Reed. And I don't know that a lot of people are tuning into a game to watch Justin Reed. No offense to him. He is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. But it's like him and Laramie Tunsell. And everything else, it—I it, mean, am my guy Brandon Cooks? But there's just so little going on here. I don't—I don't know. It's just gonna be punishment watching every Texans game this year.
2: Yeah, like the only
1: safety, I and mean, again,
2: no no slight to Justin Reed, but the only safety that's really getting people to tune in consistently is uh, Daniel Sorensen because he's he's a one man show out he there. A, he's a ball magnet. <laughs> Uh, you know for sure. I mean, do you want to see Old Man Mark Ingram? Do you want to see uh, booted out of Denver Philip Lindsay? I mean, generally, the the player I would be most excited to see on the field is Davis Mills, just to see what the hell he's gonna look like because he's a massive question mark. Um, really though, it's it's a terrible situation and uh, it's a terrible franchise. That's it.
1: Uh, but speaking of the opposite of terrible, the Indianapolis Colts. They're set at 10, and we know how much I love my Colts. But I'm taking the under because for, there's not a reason to think Carson Wentz will... Like, Carson Wentz has just been a bad quarterback for basically two years. Yeah. I know he gets back with Frank Reich, and the whole thought is, if anyone can fix him, it's Frank Reich. And I, I believe that, too. I love Frank Reich. I love this team. They also... uh, One of the most underrated kind of losses this year is Anthony Costanzo retiring one of the most consistent left tackles in the league for a while that offensive line's been one of the best and obviously like Quentin Nelson is the guy everyone talks about and and rightfully so but Eric Fisher's coming off a torn Achilles he's probably not gonna be ready for the start of the season left tackle's a big question Carson Wentz is a big question um those are two like quarterback and left tackle generally considered two of the most important if not the two most important positions They've still got some questions at pass catcher, uh, especially if they don't have a quarterback who can kind of transcend the talent around him. Uh, defensively, I think they are going to be, as always, one of the best. I love Matt Eberflos. Um But I- I- I'm thinking 9 and 8. Yeah, I was really – this maybe the most
2: surprising line to me, the, the Colts being 10 wins.
1: Vegas um, loves wins.
2: Like, even so, like, I don't know, 9.5 even sounds a little bit, like, that 10 seems like a big number, and like, for you to get your money, they need to win 11 games, and that that definitely seems like a big hill to climb, for all the reasons you just stated.
1: Thank you, I'm always right, Jacksonville Jaguars, 6.5, you've talked about it, this offense should probably just be good, as long as Brian Schottenheimer, and, uh, Oh, God. Daryl Here Bevel. Other Seahawks cor- Thank you. As long as Bevel and Shaddy don't mess this thing up and Urban Meyer stays away, this offense should theoretically be pretty exciting to watch. Six and a half is a lot. There's a lot of young guys who are going to be playing a lot of snaps. The offensive line is one of the quietly better, or I shouldn't say better, but one of the quietly like average offensive mm-hmm. lines. I think seven. I'm I'm thinking seven uh I guess what is it? Seven and ten. Seven and ten. I think Trevor Lawrence could pull a couple out. They got playmakers, Travis Etienne, DJ Chark. We're hearing all this good stuff about Cheneau. Um and, and they've invested in the secondary. They've got Pass Rusher and Josh Allen. I I think they could seek out seven, especially when they get to play the Texans twice. Yeah. That's just five more wins outside of the Texans. <laughs>
2: So that, that that last point is a very strong point. Um, <laughs> hey, but Sean Iber wouldn't say who their starting quarterback it was. Rob, so there's a co- competition that. in Jacksonville. Uh, I don't know why these coaches – I think the coaches just like fucking with the media, probably. Anyways, um, yeah, I think I would take the under. Um, uh, this it's a it's a tough it's a tough line though. It, it is like. I don't know. I, I I hate Urban Meyer. I hate Urban Meyer, so I'm taking the honor. That's I think that's what it all comes down to for me. But plus that defense is is real suspect still. Like the I don't know. I guess yeah, gri- if- eh, it's okay. I don't know, man. They're, they're they're a bit of an enigma. I'm excited to see the Jaguars. I Thank genuinely you. am. I've I never said that you. before in my life, I don't think.
1: I just wish Urban Meyer wasn't the coach. Uh, <laughs> finally the Tennessee Titans who are set at nine and a half, I think, especially acquiring Julio. This is the, the the team to beat in the AFC South. I'm gonna take the over. I think 10 and 7 is pretty realistic for this team. Um, I know a new play caller, but yeah, you insert Julio next to AJ Brown, and it becomes a lot more interesting. You got Derrick Henry, obviously. The offensive line's pretty set in stone. Yeah. You draft Dylan Radins uh, to potentially start right away at right tackle. Uh, we both feel Jeffrey Simmons is ready to unlock some stuff. They signed Bud Dupree. The, the defense has been a big issue in years past. But, like, yeah, they signed Bud Dupree. They draft Caleb Furley. They signed Janoris Jenkins. They draft Elijah Molden. On paper, the secondary is better. Uh, I I think 10-7 makes a lot of sense. And they get to play the Texans twice and the Jaguars twice. Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm surprised that
2: the Colts have a higher total than the Tennessee Titans do. Yeah, me, me too. Especially considering the Julio trade, you figure you know you'd see some money coming in on the Titans and uh, maybe some Super Bowl money, just like from the average fan, you know, Derek Henry and Julio and AJ Brown. Uh, so I'm surprised that the total is lower than the Colts. That's that's funny to me. Um, anyways, uh, moving to the NFC South, this was another total I thought was surprisingly high. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons set at seven and a half. They went four and 12 last year. They traded Julio. I don't know what would inspire enough confidence and a better to pick the over. Like, they consistently underperformed the Falcons since they lost the Super Bowl. Like I said, Julio is gone. That defense is not good. I don't know who's actually putting money down on the Falcons winning eight games this year. It that just doesn't make sense to me. I, I'm confidently taking the under.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I, I also took the under. Uh, I mean, prior to the Julio move, I, I think I would have taken the over. I would um, have considered it a lot more. Yeah. But that I mean that trade just said everything about how how they feel during the year. Yeah. They're they're not in win now mode. Um. Yeah. No. I I don't know. The, the, there's too many questions. Uh. Defensively, still. And I don't know what to expect. Like Mike Davis is your top back. And like there's gonna be a lot on Kyle Pitts's plate.
2: Yeah, too much I think. Uh moving to Carolina now. Their total is set at seven and a half. Uh five and eleven last year under Matt Rule. Uh I like what Matt Rule is building in Carolina. Can they take that two or three game leap? I think they could. I think that defense is gonna be super fun. Um I just can't confidently bet on Sam Darnold. So I'm taking the under, until he proves he can do it. I don't think you can bet on them winning eight football games. Like it's just, it's just, it's just too much. And I mean, sure, maybe maybe he goes out and surprises, but he hasn't really shown any indication in his Jets career. And I know it's the Jets. I know it's Adam Gates, but he hasn't shown. Anything that would inspire any form of confidence um, that he can be a, a legit starting quarterback in the NFL?
1: Um, yeah, I I, I, I don't... The, the Darnold and Wentz, it's kind of the yeah. same thing, but even worse for Darnold because he's shown less than yep. Wentz and is going to a less stable offense. Uh, you need Christian McCaffrey to stay healthy. They obviously have a lot of interesting playmakers um, with McCaffrey, DJ Moore, um, Robbie Anderson, they draft Harris Marshall. We like Joe Brady, but I don't know. And, and, and I just, uh, I love everything about this team except for Sam Darnold. And that's what stops me from thinking like, I don't think they're taking a big leap this year. Yeah. I think they're going to be,
2: I, I agree. I don't think the big leap is coming this year. I think they're going to be in a lot of football games. Like they were last year. Darnold. I'm going to bet on the other quarterback. You know what I mean? So Maybe they win that extra game. They get to six wins. Maybe they even get to seven. Um, you know, a couple things break the right way. But I, I think too many things would have to break right, or Sam Donald would really have to emerge for them to get to eight wins. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of new quarterbacks, we go to New Orleans. Uh, Their total set at nine. Obviously, Drew Brees is um, whatever the hell he's moving back to Texas. He's he's put out to pasture. Um, they went twelve and four last year. I don't have a lot of confidence in the Saints, but just to get to nine and eight, I'll take that. I'll take that. Like, I don't think Drew Brees looked like he's a three or four win difference maker last year in a positive way, at least. <laughs> Look at the roster; it's still really good. It's the quarterback position's a big question, but like t- just to get to nine and eight and get your money back at, at very worst, I like this. I'll, I'll take the over.
1: Damn. So you you think ten and seven then? I, sure.
2: Yeah, I think nine and eight or
1: ten and seven. Yeah. Okay, I'll take the push. Uh, assuming Jameis is the starter. If it's not Jameis, I would take. The I start. agree with you, <laughs> but, I uh, but but I mean you're you're right because Drew, Drew Brees wasn't, like he wasn't putting the team on his back or anything no. last year. The vast majority of the roster is back. The coaching staff is is essentially back. Um, on, on like on paper, this could be a team fighting for a seven or six yeah. seed in the playoffs. And uh, as long as Jameis isn't throwing thirty interceptions, like Jameis is a more palatable quarterback than a lot of dudes in the league.
2: Yeah, I think it really just comes that's down to. It. I love Jameis. <laughs> I think it just comes down to them turning the ball over, and like that's it. If they don't turn the ball over too much, I think they're getting to this this number. That's that's pretty much it. Okay, fair. Um, and to the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Their total is set at eleven and a half. They bring everyone back. Um, they won eleven games last year. They have the fourth easiest schedule in the league. Somehow, twelve and five seems super manageable for this Bucks team. I mean. I'm taking the over I
0: mm-hmm.
2: if I'm being completely honest i I don't love this. I probably wouldn't touch this, but it it just doesn't make sense to pick the under like what what reason would you like you're just saying, oh Tom Brady's old he's gonna regress there's absolutely no reason to think that they're not um they they don't win that seventeenth game basically like you know what I mean especially with an easy schedule
1: their biggest concerns last year. We're specifically consistency out of the running game. Leonard Fournette was a lot better down the stretch. Playoff Lenny, yep. Uh, And they brought in Gio Bernard, who I think uh, is, like, the perfect back to be here with Brady. Um, And and more of, like, that Mr. Consistent. Like, if you're going to trust someone to lean on when when the running game's out there, like, Gio Bernard is trustworthy and great in pass protection. That's a big, big plus. Um, and, And like you said, everyone's back. I mean... There's no reason that they shouldn't win. Uh,
2: now, yeah, I, I do have a, maybe this is a weird take, and I kind of felt it last year, especially when they turned in and won the Super Bowl. I can see them being like a, 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 a re, like not a regular season team. And they kind of just, like, like like we see in the NBA, where some teams, you know, just slow play it and. It's different than the NBA with load management and stuff, and I don't think we're going to see Kyle Trask in there for, for like week eight because Brady's tired. But I think I can kind of see them being, like, you know, just, just play it out a little bit and then strike, just make sure they get to the playoffs and then strike. But regardless, I, I think that's way too much of a risk to take
1: on them being uh, under 11 and a half. My final division, the AFC West, the AFC Best, Starting with the Denver Broncos, who have a high total eight and a mm-hmm. half. Um, defense should be pretty damn good. Big fan. Everything's in place for this team to to hit the over, except for the most important position, uh, and that would be quarterback. If Drew Locke is starting by week seven, I'll be surprised. I think it's Teddy Bridgewater's job by the end of the season. Uh, and I don't mean that because I think Teddy's carrying them to over eight and a half wins. Um, quarterback is remains the blatant question. And, like, I, I don't know. You can't, again, you can't justify taking, like, nine and eight's a lot for a team led yeah. by Drew Locke and a team, uh, or a quarterback who a team chose Sam Darnold over. So <laughs> yeah. I think seven seven is their their total seven maybe eight wins. Agreed, I agree with you. Kansas City Chiefs twelve and a half. I mean, I just logically have to take the over. Agreed. Yeah, it's like they they get to play at the Broncos and the Raiders <laughs> twice. Do they get better? Um, yes. The offensive line went from being their big biggest question to. One of the best and deepest in Amazing. the league, even with Kyle Long yeah. hurt. Like, what they did, every GM should take mm-hmm. notes. Invest in the offensive line if it's an issue. Uh, and, and, and a benefactor of that is not only Patrick Mahomes, but Clyde Edwards-Lillair should have a more consistent role in year two and be a more impactful runner. Um, obviously, finding that number three pass catcher after Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey is... A big if. And we touched on McCole Harbin last week. And I think he'll do it. Um, and the the other thing is seeing uh, some guys in that secondary step up. Specifically at corner. Because pretty clearly uh, after yeah. speed there's not a definite do-do trust. And that that's a, another big question. But like, I think Nick Bolton is going to solidify the linebackers too. And him and Willie Gay are going to take over there. Like, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for, uh, about the direction this Chiefs team that's already amazing is going. It's
2: so so crazy seeing what the Chiefs did uh, to absolutely rebuild this offensive line. In one offseason, when you look around the league, and there's just teams that have had terrible, terrible offensive lines for what feels like a decade now. And I'm not going to name names, but some teams have had really bad offensive lines for a very long time, and the Chiefs had, like, the offensive line played one bad game, and they're like, fuck it, we got to rebuild. And they,
1: they did it amazingly. And speaking of offensive lines, this team used to have a good one, and then they <laughs> destroyed it. The Las Vegas Raiders, whose total is 7, mm-hmm. and I'll take the push because it would be very gruden to have some flashes in the pan for maybe a two-game stretch. Maybe they upset the Chiefs one time. Uh, and they go 7-10, s- and ten and everyone's like, God, this is awful. But Mark Davis thinks to himself, we're trending in the right direction as the toil and mediocrity behind Derek Carr and John Gruden and Mike Mayock's bizarro world drafts um, their draft didn't make me feel any better about them uh, like there, there's outside of my our guy Max Crosby and our, our other guy Darren Waller who we had always said when he was at Georgia Tech he would become an all pro tight end like outside of those two guys I don't love anyone I'm really excited to see Trevon Milrig play a lot uh, and, and they did add Yannick Ngakwe but like I don't know, like, their their draft approach and just everything about this team, like, the, the way that, like, they paid Kenyon Drake, everything they do is uh, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. I, I Honestly, I, I'm kind of fond of this Raiders
2: team because, like, they're so mediocre, and it, it feels right. I don't know why, but it, it just does. I guess it's better than the Raiders being one of the worst teams in the league every year. <laughs> I don't know. It just... All feels right with John Gruden going 7-10. and 10. I, I, I kind of secretly love it, Rob.
1: Uh, finally, the Los Angeles Chargers, who are set at 9. Um, obviously, new coaching staff comes in. I'm going to take the push purely because Justin Herbert looked like a, a soon-to-be, if not already, yep. top-10 quarterback as a rookie, giving us the best rookie quarterback season all time. They got Rashawn Slater in the first round to step in at left tackle. Mike Williams and Keaton Allen are going to be healthy. Austin Eckler is going to be healthy. Um, defensively, you you trust that, again, as long as Joey Bosa... Joey Bosa staying healthy is a big, big need here, no doubt. But you trust that Brandon Staley is going to get the... And, and Derwin James, for that matter... You, they, they've got a guy on each level who needs to stay healthy, and if he does, yeah. I think Brandon Staley's going to have a field day with, and that's Joey Bosa, Derwin James, and my guy. If they
2: hired an team. offensive mind to coach, uh, would you have taken the over? Say Brian, say be of who would be on to give two names. Um, I, I'm, I'm just asking, is it Staley that – I know we love the Chargers, so I'm just asking. Daily like, that, I don't that know. gives you slight pause. Like, I don't
1: mm-hmm. love the hire Joe Lombardi as your OC, but um, I don't like. I don't. <laughs> I I don't. Sorry, sorry. Don't, no more this. tough questions.
2: Uh, <laughs> let's move to the NFC West. I'll uh, say four tough numbers here, and we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals, uh, who set at eight and a half they went eight and eight last year and i honestly i, I think I've, i'll just keep taking the under until they prove they can get over it um i think that's just kind of how this team feels like right now and on paper they really should be able to get to nine and eight and if they don't i probably think uh cliff kingsbury should be heading back to west texas um, but they didn't really make any needle moving moves in the offseason uh, really really any like I don't know. I I just think they, they got to prove it
1: before you buy it. We 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 talked about uh Zach Taylor potentially being fired. Cliff Kingsbury might be the first guy fired. I, I again it's a really unique situation where like Yeah. he banged the table for Kyler Murray and that all happened so it makes you think maybe not, but he hasn't done anything to prove Yeah, I think I think this is the year where the where the Bidwells are like okay, you got to
2: like it's a tough division and probably the toughest division in football, but and like we need to see a little bit more from you this year. Um, uh, moving to LA, um, who, who flashed in the playoffs a bit, won 10, in, 10 games last year. Uh, their total set at ten again. Uh, I'm going to take the over. The change. I got it at nine. Did you? I don't know. I did mine last night. It was nine earlier today. Okay. No, I'll, I'll check. I'll check right now. Um, because yeah. Wow, I'll fill time, guys. They <laughs> brought in Dirk Hodges. Uh, no, yeah. So I mean, look, they so. brought in Matt Stafford, Jared Goff. No, it's ten. It's still ten. Um, Jared Goff. Okay. No,
1: it was nine this afternoon. Yeah, they they
2: they saw. They didn't happened, see me choose the sure. over, last night, <laughs> and then they they noticed. Ten. Are the 49ers 9 or 10? Yeah. Um, anyway, so sorry. Okay, I got that right. So, yeah. I, like They won 10-6 last year. Matt Stafford is a, a game better than Jared Goff for sure. Plus, he's got that extra game to prove it. Um, speaking of Brandon Staley, losing him so quickly hurts. They had a stinky, stinky draft. Uh, but this year, they're not moving backwards. They're definitely getting back to 10. And the bonus game, they're going to win. So, yeah, I think 11 games is very attainable for the Rams. Um, do they win the division? Possibly. They might be the best team in the division. It's going to be a crazy year in the NFC West, I think. But I, I think 10 is is an easy – not maybe not an easy, but it's it's a number you can confident, confidently bet over.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the uh, – the, they lose Brandon Staley, but defensively – they yeah. they have all the tools to be one of the best in the yep. league. once again, I mean Aaron Dolms defensive player pretty much every year. Um you bring in Stafford into considering what McVeigh did with Jared Goff, you mentioned him being the puppet earlier. Like giving him a legitimate Pro Bowl quarterback, I'm so excited to see what happens when you can marry the genius play caller with that the talented quarterback. Um I, I think it's a fair bet to I'm I was actually Shocked that they weren't just naturally the high Well, I had my win total wrong, but I, I, I'm surprised. Yeah, it's shocking worked. that the Niners are at ten, and we'll just roll right Niners.
2: to them because, um, like, bef- like you know, I was ready to take the over before I saw the number. Like they, they lost more to injury last year than like a- any other team in history. Uh, they're adding Trey Lance, um, and then I saw that number at, uh, of ten. Like, I don't know how you can bank on that like yeah they're, they're obviously gonna be healthier they like no you can't have that bad injury luck as you did last year again but 10 is a lot and like I'm not saying that they, they can't get back to being a double digit win team we've seen them there um it's just not something you can bet on I mean also you know what the, the under is also plus 100 so you're getting money to take the under um so from a purely gambling point of point of view I, I think that's a, a good pick.
1: Okay, I wasn't sure if you agreed. Or not, yeah. Pick. No. Um. um like, okay, how good long question. I, I think uh, we've seen him before week four, week five. And if it's after, like, let's say Jimmy, in this bizarro world, let's say Jimmy starts the whole season. Nine what, and eight, what, eight and nine, just seven and ten. What you at the, at the, like,
2: in those three games, yeah. Let, sure okay and if trey lance comes in you said week four probably about the same thing and that, that doesn't mean i don't what, love what trey do lance it's just he's a rookie quarterback stepping up into the toughest division
1: of football no um, yeah. exactly and, and exactly no no no. i'm, uh, I'm with you i think 10 is a crazy number to set it at for a team that's either starting i think by most accounts a below average quarterback or a rookie um and no offense to Nate Sudfeld, but I don't think he's going to get a <laughs> shot this year. Uh, but yeah, if they're sure. healthy on defense, yeah, they're going to scrap at a couple games. Uh, but ten just so like I would, I think I would, yeah, like eight eight and a half in my head would have made sense, and even then, that's like hmm, yeah, and know, like cause the quarterback. Are they
2: two team. games better than the Washington football team? Is the defense two games better than the Washington football team? I don't know, like. Like obviously I I, I trust Shannon more, um to, you know, to, to win like games via the offense and I I love Trey Lance, but he's a rookie. I mean
1: yeah. It's just strange. It's just way too Yeah, good. I think them I and I thought the, that was maybe the most surprising. Yeah, I think total. them
2: I, I I I was gonna say the Colts. Them yeah. and
1: the Colts? Yeah. Uh, them, the Colts and the Patriots. Um
2: something that's not surprising. Vegas is down in the Seattle Seahawks again. Their total set in nine and a half. Uh, I think it was like the same thing last year. Uh, look at the secondary. It's 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 kind of spooky with Sha- Shaquille Griffin gone. Uh, <laughs> Shaquem, uh, Shaquille Griffin gone. But the pass rush is better. Um, the, the offense is an enigma, I guess, because we saw the quality of it on two complete opposite ends of the spectrum last year um, where they're letting Russ Cook and then it completely fell apart. Now Shane Waldron comes in who hasn't called plays before. Um, but I, I have high hopes. I, I everything sounds good so far. I think the offense will be better start to finish, more consistent this year. I like the nine and a half. I'm, I'm taking the
1: over. Uh, I'm also taking the over. I think yeah. this is – Like it's, it's tough in the NFC
2: the West, better. but like uh, I don't understand how the Seahawks are nine and a half and the
1: the Niners are ten. Yeah, that's what that's gen like. My main thought no. it, like nine and a half isn't a terrible number by any means to stick beside the Seahawks, but when you when you have it in the context that the forty nine ers are at ten, that seems weird. Um, especially when my boy <laughs> D. Eskridge representing yeah the Mac sure. is gonna set the rookie. But it's just funny order. looking
2: at a. Uh, go, go ahead. Yeah, sorry.
1: Our, our Hawks. Our Hawks signed Michael Yeah, the Picks special teams is back, the baby. The they they had, like, the second best or best special balls. teams in the league last year. No, no, no like,
2: no. Like, me me just, they, they didn't the get worse. Griffin is the loss, uh, but the pass rush is better, so maybe it evens out a little bit. And I think the offense is better. You know, another year with DK. The offensive of line is better, bringing Gabe Jackson.
1: Yeah.
2: yeah. Everyone's back in the backfield. Um mm-hmm. Russ, Russ, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe that's some of the. I don't, I don't think you can even consider that though. But it's funny looking at San Fran total being ten. They won six games last year. the Seahawks won twelve and their set, their total set at nine, like uh, nine and a half. That's just it's very strange logic. Like, if if you want to say that because they're in the NFC West, you you take half a game off or a game off the total. It's I get Seahawks, that, right. but comparing that to the Niners is weird.
1: And you know what else is weird, AJ? No more filler pods. It was a great time for us. But starting next week, we're finally into our NFL Summer Scouting Series with the non-FBS players. And then into the divisions. And by divisions, I mean conferences. And we're all going to have so much fun and watch a bunch of guys who are bad at football. And then talk about it.